Maybe you or someone you know has a serious medical condition. Maybe you're just looking for answers on why you're not feeling well. Well, we've got a great show for you on KLBJ. Hi, I'm Ron Aaron with WellMed Radio, an entertaining and detailed look at health and wellness for seniors and other adults age 18 to 101. We bring you recommendations on how to live longer and healthier lives. Tune in to WellMed Radio Saturdays at 7 p.m. with the Caregiver SOS show immediately following right here on News Radio KLBJ. The Todd and Oz Show is live. Get in on the conversation at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Todd and Oz. Yeah, jump in here at 512-836-0590. Here on the Todd and Oz Show, love for you to join us. Uh, We're going to update you on uh, the situation along the border, of course. Uh, There's been uh, one more talk of a Texas surge. Yeah, Texas is fortifying that small island between uh, the Texas and Mexico. The cartels have used it many times. And uh, uh, here's newsman Casey Stiegel. It's an area known as Fronten Island, 170 acres down in Star County, Texas. It turned into a major hotspot for drug smuggling and human trafficking. Then the Texas Land Commissioner deemed the property belonged to the state. So DPS and the National Guard troops have now cleared the land. They put up more than a mile of razor wire and retaken control. Law enforcement now frequently patrols and operates on Fronten Island as part of Operation Lone Star. And on Monday, the commissioner visited the area to track its progress, getting a look at the island by air and telling producers and reporters that the work has paid off. There you go, newsman Casey Stiegel. Now the cartels appear to have left that island. Yeah. It's not long, uh, well, it's not known how long, uh, you know, Texas will maintain it, but there you go. Yeah. They were using that island, the cartel was, as kind of a staging point uh, at one point. Yeah, a little rest stop for them uh, as they're uh, crossing the border with contraband and, and human beings. So uh, a Texas flag now flies on Fronten Island, and, and that's, uh, that's a good sight considering that we had a lot of reports of cartel activities, gunfire reported, uh, you know, armed armed. Individuals spotted by drones, yes, cartel associates, right. Uh, so this is good, but you know, it's it's one tiny step in a in a much larger marathon. Uh, just a side note: it was Davy Crockett and Kit Carson that actually put the flag on the island. So oh, is that right? It's good. Yeah, very cool. Uh, let's squeeze in Hank. Hank is in North Austin this morning. Hank, what's on your mind? Hey, good morning. Just a quick comment. You talking about Todd the? Uh, we got to solve this pill problem in America. Yeah, the drug problem, yes, so sir. My thought is, is how about, yeah, how about we start with the AMA mm. and our medical schools and our Western thought of every time you go in as a patient, the doctor wants to give you a pill for something. How yeah. about we start there? Yeah, well, that's a good point. And that starts with the individual, though. If you want to change it, that's up to you, the individual, right? Well, a lot of that, you're right, because, you know, uh, you could go into the doctor and the doctor would say, well, you know, if you just walked around the block for half an hour a night and ate some green stuff, this actually, you know, this would help you out significantly. But if you're not willing to do something like that, you sure. say, well, you know, we've got this pill because all else has failed because you don't want to get up and put it on your work. So there's that. Well, listen, Joe Biden's mental fitness has been a hot topic following that report from the special counsel, Robert Herr. Uh, they called the president a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with poor memory. A Tennessee Republican Representative Mark Green was on Fox just a few minutes ago. It says the American public deserves to know uh, their president's health conditions. This is the hardest job in the world, being president of the United States. We need someone whose faculties are, are 100% on all the time, and it doesn't look like this guy's are. 
And on the other side of this issue, Senator Chuck Schumer, the Democrat from New York. I talk to President Biden, you know, regularly, or sometimes several times in a week, or usually several times in a week. His mental acuity is great. It's fine. It's as good as it's been over the years. You know what's interesting about this story is is, is ever since that uh, special counsel report came out and said he's not fit to stand trial, uh, you, you've had a slew of Democrats and Biden supporters coming out and saying how mentally sharp he is. That's, right, right, right. How about you stop telling us and show it to us? Yeah, we've spent, uh, uh, since his inauguration day, and you know, longer than that, on the campaign trail. We, we've not seen that for ourselves ever. So yeah, please, please do. Uh, 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 show us how, how brilliant yeah, yeah, this yeah, man yeah. Is, is. Stop telling us. Show us. How about, how, how about a fireside chat? <laughs> well, and, and could, I, Do you I, think Joe Biden could handle that? A primetime fireside chat? Absolutely not. And I'll tell you why. Because Joe Biden, for the last two years, including this year, uh, had an opportunity for a sit-down pre-Super Bowl interview. Right? Mm-hmm. Biggest television audience you're going to have anywhere million in the people. entire... Yeah, the whole year. Yeah. Twice he's, he's turned that down. Which is a ridiculous opportunity that he's turning down. Yeah. So that shows right there uh, that that it, he he's not fit to give speeches or fireside chats. He's not confident in himself. I don't know if he could carry on a coherent conversation for say twenty twenty five minutes in a fireside chat or Super Bowl interview. When's the State of the Union? <laughs> <laughs> That's coming up, right? Yeah, I, I believe so. It should be. Well, it should be coming up soon. Yeah, I believe it is coming Fandy, up. Fandy, can you, can you Google that? Yeah, can you Google that? So RFK Jr. is out there calling on Jill Biden to go ahead and tell Joe to step down. How about that? Uh, Jesse Waters asked him about that, and, he, and, and he's like, yeah, that's, that's the, the job of a wife or, or a spouse. Here's Chuck Schumer again. He's fine. All this right-wing propaganda that his mental acuity has declined is wrong. Yeah, it's wrong. His mental, his, his, it hasn't dropped at all. He's fine. He's fine, is what he said. Mm. What's that date? March what? 7. March 7. March 7. Okay. Well, that's just around the corner, right? Yeah, well, I guess we'll see. And, yeah. and I, I guaranteed he's going to be squinting into a uh, teleprompter the size of an IMAX. Listen, uh, the big news story this morning, if you're just now joining us, uh, it's not America first, it's Ukraine first. Yeah, the Senate passes a massive foreign aid bill. And, uh, well, it still faces some hurdles in the House, but the Senate said okay to a $96 billion aid package for Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan. Speaker Mike Johnson made clear he won't be bringing a $95 billion foreign aid bill to the House floor after senators worked all night to pass it. Democratic Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer encouraging Johnson to let the House vote. This is a rare moment where history is looking upon the United States. The package includes billions for Ukraine, Israel, Taiwan, and Gaza. When asked by Fox News Radio if Speaker Johnson and the White House should negotiate border security reforms in exchange for passing foreign aid, Leader Schumer simply encouraged the House to pass the bill. On Capitol Hill, Ryan Schmelz, Fox News. All right, jump in at 512-836-0590. billion for Ukraine. Mm. Uh, 22 Republicans, including Senator John Corner from Texas, voted thumbs up, yes, on protecting Ukraine's border over the southern border. Right. So remember that the next time that, that you hear him talking about how important border security is. Now, we've got to do something down there. Mm. Remember, he voted for this. That's right. He voted for this with zero border security. Ukraine's border Israel's border, humanitarian relief, $9 billion worth for Gaza, and Taiwan. All of that, 22 Republican senators and all Democrat senators have said, more important than you. Wow. More important than your, than your homeland, than your secure border. 
than your national security. You come second, third, maybe fourth, even fifth to these other countries. Yeah, that bill passed the Senate early this morning. It's, uh, you know, the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, says it's dead on arrival. Uh, and, uh, well, the, you know, the Democrats are very uh, gun hole about supporting Ukraine. Mitt Romney says we have to do it. He called it his most important vote as a lawmaker of, of his political career. You imagine saying that? He, sa- he says we have to support Ukraine and the effort to repel Russia or else Vladimir Putin will be the next Hitler trying to take over dozens of countries. He's going to steamroll through Europe. Huh? Yeah. That won't happen. That just won't happen. And that is, a, that is an absurd reason for them to give us for leaving us wide open, completely at the mercy of any terrorist who might just want to stroll on through. Uh, but, you know, paying, uh, sending all of our tax dollars elsewhere. Mitt Romney, he says last night's vote in the Senate was one of the most important votes of his political career. He says we got to fund Ukraine or else Vladimir Putin and the Russians are going to roll into Poland and a variety of other countries and take them over. Well, if that is true then why isn't the United States bombing Kremlin today? That would be the, uh, I guess that would be the dutiful thing to do. Right, right. 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 I mean, you got a Hitler here that's about to take over the world. I mean, it would be uh, it would be the moral thing to do to take him out, right? You would, uh, well, right? Especially after we saw what happened with the real Hitler. Yeah, their words don't match their actions. Yeah. What is happening is America's financial system is beginning to crumble. We had a bank collapse over the weekend that went unreported. You got massive le- tech layoffs. You got uh, out of control spending, deficit topping $34 trillion. We're not protecting our border, but we're protecting their borders. It feels like the economic ship is sinking and the elites are grabbing the printing presses as fast as they can to get as much cash in their pockets. Yeah. Yeah. Am I wrong? No. It, is that it, crazy stuff? Is that... There was a time, yeah. Yeah, oh man, man that's that's conspiracy stuff. But nowadays, I think it's pretty clear that's what's going on. Uh, TK is in Ron Rock this morning. Hey, TK, what's hey. on your mind? Hey, good morning, fellas. Really quick, just, yes, you know, just to give you an idea of the state and the lack of understanding of civics, you know, the bill that was proposed in the Senate should be rejected by the House because it's, the unconstitutional, it's an unconstitutional process. Hmm. Now, that the Constitution very specifically lays out who's responsible for what. And all bills for raising revenue shall originate in the House of Representatives. It doesn't originate in the Senate. Mm, yeah, Senate you're talking about the amendment. origination clause in the Constitution. Yes, that's right. Absolutely. Yeah, right? Yeah. So, and we've all been, and, you know, the media, all this has been conditioned. Well, the Senate's got this bill. Over it. it doesn't matter if the Senate wants to raise money for a bill. That has to start in the House and the House only. It's and very weird. Yeah. Folks have to remember. Right? That, I mean, so Mike Johnson, Speaker Johnson, say, "Nope, guys, this is not constitutional. Go, go pound sand." Now, yeah. I, I think right, the I, I think the clause does allow the Senate to make a proposal, but not necessarily originated there. Yeah. yeah. So, so with, with uh, amendments. Yeah, the, with the amendments. Right. Sure. Right. Amendments to the bill, but the, the bill has to written in the House. Yeah. yeah. I think you're right, so the man. The Senate can't do anything until the House proposes a bill. Yeah. Things are moving so fast. We got to get, get out of this. I'm sure. Things are moving so fast, and TK pointed out the obvious <laughs> that we were overlooking, right? <laughs> yeah. That's true. He's right. He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's spot on right. Yeah. Thank you, TK. 918 here on the Todd and Oz Show. Check this out. Uh, there is uh, there is some celebrating at Austin City Hall yesterday. Yeah, the city got some free money. The city of Austin got some free cash. They were excited about this. Kind of a celebration of the halls with uh, City Councilman Ryan Alter. He was uh, he was dancing for joy. Yeah, well, yeah, this is this is his baby. He's it decided is. this this is the hill that he will die on. Now, well, let's keep in mind also that uh, there is no free money. 
Right? right? It's tax money. Yeah, the city of Austin has received a $1 million grant from the Environmental Protection Agency. You ready for this? That will fund climate action plans for Central Texas. The grant was announced Monday morning at City Hall, where members of the city council and federal lawmakers gathered to celebrate the award as part of the EPA's $5 billion climate pollution reduction grants program. This is called quantitative easing. This is just as bad as the money we're throwing at Ukraine. We don't have this kind of money. And what is this money going to go towards? Well, the city will use the funds to complete the Priority Climate Action Plan by March the 1st. It's a comprehensive climate action plan by the fall of 2025 and the final status report in the fall of 2027. Yet with the Office of uh, Sustainability acting as the fund manager, they've already begun to hire temporary staffers and they're already being uh, hired to form, uh, you know, project management teams that will create quarterly reports. They're going to create quarterly reports on the climate. Yeah, the new plans are intended to uh, complement Austin's Climate Equity Action Plan and the Travis County Climate Action Plan. Big words. Big words. Big a lot of words. There's a lot of, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely a word salad. Sounds Bad very thing. official. It does. It does. It means nothing. Mayor Kirk Watson said the city will work with communities across the five-county region to address climate issues such as extreme heat. Yeah, uh, it gets hot out there. This is Texas. Welcome to Texas, everybody. You just getting here? The mayor cannot solve the homeless crisis, the fentanyl crisis. The mayor cannot get a police contract, and he's going to he's going to cool the sun. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'd like to point out too that you know as we're we're spending all this money to uh, save the planet from climate change, as you pointed out, this city can't even solve the homeless problem, which is exacerbating problems all over the green belt and our water to, uh, water sources and things like that. Yeah. So uh seems like the city really works against itself in a lot of ways. Here's what the mayor says, uh, talking with the Austin Monitor. We know the challenge of reducing greenhouse gas emissions extends beyond Austin city limits. Our partnership with neighboring communities is vital in addressing this shared challenge in an effective manner. And Austin is proud to be leading on this initiative in this region, he said. Noting 34% of local greenhouse gas emissions comes from transportation. Our collective efforts aim to set a model for others to follow, inspiring positive change beyond our region. And we'd look forward to the positive impact that this grant is going to have on our work. Mm. Do you have any idea what the mayor is talking about and what he wants to do? Uh, he, he wants to spend money or, or I fi find ways to uh, probably permanently tax you for climate reasons. And how does that affect the climate crisis he talks about? Oh, it doesn't. They just got a revenue stream is all. That's all they'll get out of it. And they'll sit around in kumbaya every once in a while, pat themselves on the back in front of a podium or from behind a podium, sit up there at city council, thank each other, wasting time. We're going to hear here's some new reports. Uh, we're going to spend some of this money on consultants. That's true. They got some temporary workers doing reports. That's right. So that's, right. that's what we're going to get out of it. Okay. We're not saving the world. Okay. What about the arrogance of these people? Yeah. And they dusted off, uh, the, you know, they dusted off old uh, Doggett and, yeah, and Kassar. They did. They, they brought in the big gun, the big Bolshevik guns. Brought them for in, this huh? one. Yeah. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Let's do this right. So many of us were working as elected officials carrying moldy furniture out of people's homes in East Austin that had been flooded. I've been too many times in the Emergency Operations Center watching wildfires start slowly approaching our homes and our community. And so it is on us not just to respond, but to prevent that from getting worse and worse and worse. Oh, yeah. Shut the front door, Kazar. 
Ain't nobody listening that thinks you moved a couch. So many of us were working as elected officials carrying moldy furniture out of people's homes in East Austin. No, that's not true. I've seen your biceps. There's no way you carried a piece of furniture. There's just no way. The dude couldn't even make it nine hours without like medical observation on a thirst strike. It's about the Biden administration recognizing we can work together with our mayor and with our council members to be more resilient as the summers get hotter and the winters get colder. <laughs> well, these things happen with celestial that, bodies there, that Greg. Guy, that guy squats to pee. <laughs> U.S. Representative Lloyd Doggett referenced uh, the grants, uh, talking about uh, his work at Austin Energy to meet the, uh, the carbon-free goals. Carbon-free goals. Yeah. We're going to electrify everything, so we're going to have all these batteries that we're going to have to charge up. We need a lot of juice for that from the, from the grid. But don't, they, don't they're talking about energy conservation? Weren't we just yesterday talking about energy conservation for the city? Mm-hmm. How are we going to do that when we're going to electrify everything? We're going to save the world by making everything electric. That's going to... We're going to like... It'll be like Austin Energy Meltdown. I'm getting online right now to make an appointment at the Low T Center for Greg. Boy, I'll tell you, the guy's got it, man. He's if ever there was a, a an, an uninspiring leader, voice of a leader, that's it. So many of us were working as elected officials carrying moldy furniture out of people's homes no, in didn't. East Austin that's a that had been flooded. I've been too many times in the emergency operations center watching wildfires start slowly approaching our homes and our community. And this Bravo million dollars is going to fix that. This million dollars is going to prevent flooding. It's going to make the summers cooler. And the winter's warmer. Well, Kirk Watson says that we're going to use this money to sort of uh, coordinate with uh, other areas in, across the five-county region so we can all work to address climate issues and extreme heat together. Which is code for get the people's money. That's exactly what it is. Well, Brian Alter wants to do that, too. Uh, Joseph is on the Todd and Oz show this morning. Joseph, what's on your mind? Good morning, y'all. I love listening to y'all every day. Back at you. I said a lot of things right on the head. Thank you, sir. Joseph. So, one of the things that drives me absolutely crazy, and I get, I'm sure you guys understand this too. Every dollar that we send to other countries, not even a a nickel of it ends up going to that country, because everybody that votes for these things, everybody's corrupt. The money disappears before it gets there or it disappears once it gets there. And we are getting ourselves into such a financial suicide because everybody's all, oh, save Ukraine, save save Israel, all these things. What about save our country? Because yeah. nobody understands what a trillion dollars is. Mm-mm. And a trillion dollars is thrown around now like a billion dollars. Yeah. And a billion dollars is a phenomenal amount of money. $999 million. Go one more, that's a billion. Now do that with a trillion. I mean, it's, it's more money than anybody can even fathom. Mm-hmm. There and really is. We just keep sending money everywhere else, and we've got no money to send. Yeah. So this just adds to inflation. You know. Yeah. And it, it's Joseph, it'll, Joseph, Joseph, it'll eventually stop, right? It'll, it'll, it eventually will stop, right? Yeah. When everybody's money runs out. Come on now. It's 931. Uh, you could join us too at 512-836-0590 uh, here on the Todd and Oz show. 
listen, uh, there's some environmentalists that are upset with, uh, I guess, Governor Greg Abbott and some things he's doing on the border. Not necessarily stopping illegal immigration. Uh, they're concerned about what uh, Governor Greg Abbott's doing to the water. Oh, for God's sake. There in the Rio Grande. Last summer, the state placed 1,000-foot border buoys in the river. Dr. Adriana Martinez from Eagle Pass is a river expert. She says they also leveled three or four islands in the river without getting permission from the Army Corps of Engineers or Mexico. And she says removing vegetation from the islands exposed sediment. And so anytime water flows over the island, that means that the sediment gets turned up into the water. And that's our drinking water source. And sediment tends to harbor a lot of pollutants oh. in it. She says more sediment was introduced because of dredging in the river and the placement of cement blocks. And she adds a lot of vegetation was removed when the state put empty train containers along the bank and that's led to erosion as well yeah there you go she 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 that, that lady complaining about the governor and, and the in in the, the guard and everything she would probably complain about the fire department that's double parked in front of her burning house sure sure that, right that's, that's uh ma'am we have an invasion going on mm-hmm. and you're concerned about the flow of the river well the good news is you can take the buoys out river will flow a little bit better then you can uh pick up all the containers and stuff eventually and things will grow back she doesn't want to talk about the, the, the mass numbers of, of human beings and their waste and dirt and filth. She's more concerned about it. sediment than human trafficking. It's no. crazy. We have such weird priorities in this nation, you know? Weird priorities. The, the left has such weird priorities. I mean, I was just seeing today, just as, as an example of that. You know, the whole, the whole country's falling apart. Border's open. We've got this big problem with, uh, you know, us wanting to throw all our money at Ukraine. And Colin Allred, who's out there running against Ted Cruz, uh, the Democrat, he's out there releasing a brand new ad for pro-abortion. What? Like, come on, man. We've got real issues. And, and, and that's, that's, that's what you're talking about right now? All right. Jump in at 512-836-0590. Listen, the CEO of a major artificial intelligence company is, uh, is telling a special conference in Dubai uh, you know, what keeps him up at nights? We got some real uh, warnings today from Sam Altman. Open AI CEO Sam Altman says it's not killer robots walking the street that keep him up at night. The CEO behind ChatGPT says it's the very subtle societal misalignments where through no ill intention, things just go horribly wrong. Altman tells the World Government Summit in Dubai that we need something like the International Atomic Energy Agency so no one company's driving AI. For example, Abu Dhabi's G42, the first Arabic language AI model, has faced claims it could have gathered genetic material secretly from Americans for the Chinese government. Altman is hopeful, says AI now is like the very first cell phone with a black and white screen, but in a decade, he says it should be pretty remarkable. Therese Crowley, Fox News. All right, there you go. Uh, jump in at 512-836-0590. I, I do see that. I, I think he's, he's he's got a point there. There, there could be definitely something subtle uh, that with no ill intent, but I also sure. very much see the possibility. I mean, look, I, I saw that documentary called Terminator. I, I know what happens with Skynet. <laughs> That's right. You know, I, I, we all know what happened. That was a documentary. No, but I, but seriously, I, I do think that there could be much larger problems too. If if you keep feeding a robot knowledge and the ability to have its own artificial intelligence, you got a question if one day it's just going to say. Now I'm too sentient, and I don't want to do this anymore. Well, I mean, if you, you, you have an entire political party, half the country, that believes that human beings are destroying the planet. Yeah. And if AI dis- discovers that human beings are destroying the planet, what would AI do to human beings? Probably say, I'd ha- we have to el- my directive is to eliminate the threat.
Uh, let's see here. Is it? Uh, oh, Scott. Hey, what happened? Oh, Scott. Call back. We lost you there. A little phone issue there. Uh, all right. Jump in at 512-836-0590. We've got some new police officers on the force. 79 canoe cadets have uh, joined the rank and file. Uh, that's great, right? Welcome. Yes, indeed. Welcome to the APD. Yes, indeed. Right? So uh, get ready. It's not enough. Uh, we're still short 500 plus. Yeah. And, uh, and so we add 79 new ones. Now, uh, uh, the president of the Austin Police Association is Michael Bullock, and he recently told us on our show that um, everything changed after 2017. Every year since then, we have lost more officers than have hired. You can uncategorically say that the contract is the single biggest influence when it comes to us being able to recruit and retain officers here. Now, contract talks remain stalled with the city and have been for, gosh, more than a year now, right? Well, I think we're going, we're right up around a year. Since they shot yeah. down, I think it was since they shot down the contract. I think it expired at the end of March. Of That's last right. Year. Yep. So, I mean, far too long. And I don't, you know, I, I, we we've you got all these statements being made by these city council members about you know like that stabbing the other day by the UT campus or or the the cl- climate bond that Alter wants to do or all this other stuff. But nobody's talking about you know actually getting us back under contract. And I see this all the time. These these council members will post something on Twitter and. You know, if there are ten comments there, eight of them are people going, "What about a police contract?" Right. And these these this city does not care. And so I I wouldn't be surprised if we went many more months. I mean, we still have a lawsuit we've got to settle before the, the union even comes back to talk about it. No, you're right. It's 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 frustrating, especially in the Twitterverse. And you see some of these tweets from Ryan Alter and you know uh, and, and Page and, and well, all of them. You know, they just uh, seem to be out of touch. Yeah, they really do. It's. It, it often seems like they're more worried about a desperate pander to a certain cross-section of the city that can get them reelected uh, than, than they are actually making anything happen. I mean, you know, they're, they're, it's, they're not doing anything for this city. Yeah, you know, by focusing on well, this million all the wrong stuff. This million dollar uh, grant. I know it's uh, in in the it's it's a, well, a million dollars is a lot of money, but in the scheme of things, it's not much money, right? No, at Austin City Hall. No, and they're focused. One of the things they want to focus on is is air quality. Is there an air quality issue in Austin, Texas? Seriously, I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, what are they talking about? Like those ozone action days? Maybe we're having too many of those recently. Are we? I, I don't know. I, I I I'll tell you this. I've never. I've never gone outside and started hacking up, you know, black stuff because of the soot in the air. Well, here's what uh, Pierre Wynn. He is, uh, I guess, an advocate. Uh, he's running for city council. I don't know what place it is. Pierre Wynn. Uh, his, uh, his, his, tw- his Twitter account is Wynn for ATX. He says, air quality continues to be a growing concern in our city. In fact, no government has, has effective equipment to measure the poor air quality, and much of the equipment is privately owned. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Adam Lowe, a local attorney here in town, he, he responded to that tweet from Pierre Wynn, and he says air quality is exceptionally, exponentially better than it was 30 years ago in the U.S. That's not even a question, he says. Yeah, he's right. There's, he says there's, there's no evidence of bad air in Austin. What you're proposing is a scam. Talking about Ryan Alter's, you know, possible bond package to clear up air and water in Austin, Texas. Yeah. In the name of uh, saving the planet from climate change. And there was just a, a, just this week, I think The Hill had an article that was talking about some peer-reviewed research from some climate firm uh, that's saying that uh, nowadays climate change has made it much more dangerous for kids to even go outside to play. That's not true. Yeah, I know. It's not true. That's not true. Get outside, get some fresh air. Yeah. 
Well, you know, it's beautiful outside. Same kind of groups that told us we couldn't go outside without a mask during COVID because everybody was going to get sick and die that way too. You know, but I, I this is this is part of that ongoing narrative. You know, that the city says, look, all these groups, all these studies, all these governments tell us that 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 the the sky is going to fall unless we unless we spend big big dollars to save the planet. Yeah. Well, only your money will save the planet. That's right. And only your money in Austin, Texas will save the planet. None of these governments want to hold any of these other major polluters accountable, though. It's always They've always got to come at you. It's like guns. You know, uh, they, they want to come at the legal gun owner when, some, when a criminal commits a crime. We've, uh, That's true. We have all these other nations around the globe just spewing out, you know, whatever, pollution. And uh, nobody calls them out. That's it, a good point. The, the words don't match the fear that they're spreading. That's right. The yeah. reaction, the, their own reaction to the progressive left does not match the fear that they're spreading. That's right. Because they say that climate change is an existential threat. The world's coming to an end. You may, We may have another 10 to 12 years on this planet. Mm-hmm. That's what they say. Mm-hmm. And if that was true, they wouldn't drive cars. They wouldn't buy a cell phone. They wouldn't wear clothing. And they wouldn't do business with places like China. That's right. So, Ryan Alter, what you're doing now is just scamming the people's dollars. It's a that's big, all you're doing. It is an absolute tax grift. Yes. No doubt about it. No well, doubt that, about that's, it. That's mostly what, I mean, it, it, our, our, most of our Austin City Council are just grifters. Yeah. You know, that's what they do. They just got to, any way that they can get money. Well, anytime right. any Austin City Council member or county commissioner says, you know, climate change, ex- you know, existential threat, just laugh at them. Yeah. Just laugh in their face. They don't know what they're talking about. 946 here on the Todd and Oz Show. Yeah, you can join us at 512-836-0590. So the U.S. Senate approved a measure uh, to spend or at least throw uh, $96 billion at uh, the war between Ukraine and Russia to protect that border. Also, uh, $16 billion of that going towards Israel to protect their border between uh, them and Hamas. And then, uh, and then some money to help Taiwan defend itself against a possible China aggression. Don't forget about that $9 billion we're giving Gaza. That's right. There's that too. For humanitarian aid in Gaza. Mm-hmm. Got both sides of that war going over there. So, uh, well, that's the very latest. Uh, jump in here at 512-836-0590. Nothing uh, for the southern border here in the United States. Not a cent. Nothing for the border to protect you. 100% your money. Not a cent of it for you. That's not good. No. Well, you know, I, it's just, it, it further it further highlights what I've come to understand. Our government doesn't work for us. Uh, our government doesn't prioritize us. And we have, a, we have a senator from Texas who voted with the Democrats. You're talking about John Cornyn? John Cornyn. Uh, he always talk. we always hear him talk about how important the border is. Is it? Because he voted for this thing. Yeah. So I, I got to question that anytime he's going to say that from here on out. Yeah. All right. Uh, I see folks uh, trying to get in and want to weigh in on this story. You could join us at 512-836-0590. Listen, a Denver public school teacher is sounding the alarm this morning on the strain the illegal immigrant crisis is putting on uh, classrooms as the city's uh, Democrat mayor cuts millions of dollars from services for residents. Uh, here's what uh, Priscilla Ron told Fox and Friends. We're already 100 students over projections, and we have new students coming in weekly. We're already past the October count, so every new student that we get, we don't have the funds to provide them with resources. Uh, Mayor Mike Johnston, uh, he, he pinned the blame on Republicans and the former presidents uh, while announcing a $5 million cut in uh, recreation centers and the DMV. Uh, and the city's landscaping, uh, you know, as far as cutting grass and stuff like that. 
uh, to deal with the illegal alien crisis in Denver. I, I mean, think about how bad this is getting for. I, we've got we've got this situation that could be easily addressed right now by this administration, but instead, it's just. It's happening to more and more cities. You you got New York, and all the hotel rooms are gone, and people are still all, all over the uh, the sidewalks. You have uh, what was it, Chicago? I, uh, was it Chicago where they, where they were kicking? They had some of the kids kick kids out of the public schools. So yeah. they could, uh, you've got Boston that's saying we're we're full, and so they're they're begging private homes to take people in. You've got the Denver. Uh, the public schools, their their health system, they say it's going to collapse under the weight of all this. Even Joe Biden using VA money to give uh, medical benefits to illegal, immigration, illegal immigrants. Priscilla Ron, she's a candidate for uh, Douglas County Commissioner. She called the cuts, you know, to city services incredibly unfair to the city's families and places the blame directly on President Biden, Mayor Johnston, and the Colorado Democrat governor uh, as well. He says, we've seen across uh, America, here's what she says, we've seen across America and now in Denver the large difference between liberal ideology and the reality of governing. She says, and so the president has created this mess, and uh, and that's what we've seen in this mayor's response. Yeah, isn't that absurd? That Mike, Mike Johnston is saying that this is all Republicans and Donald Trump's fault. He says, the choice by Republicans in Congress to purpose, purposely kill that historic bipartisan border deal have a devastating impact on Denver, and this is what they did to us. They're really spinning that narrative. Let's squeeze in. Uh, let's see. Bill is in South Austin this morning. Bill, good morning. Good morning sir. Yes, sir. What's on your mind? I, I'm a little bit fumed about uh, the $60 billion that went to Ukraine and nothing for our border. Yep. I called our good senator's office, Senator John Cornyn, and uh, let me remind everybody of that phone number, 512 512- Four six nine six zero three four. Anyway, I called and the lady answered there, nice lady, and she had no answer to why John Corrin would have done that. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, uh, we need to start pounding that phone number and letting him know we are not happy with this. Yeah, I got you. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that really bothers me about this bill too is that. It, it, you know, we're sending all this money, but it doesn't articulate any sort of strategy on how to how this is all going to end. It's just basically it's, this is all open ended. When he comes back dancing on another stripper stripper pole for us, Zelensky, we'll we'll toss him money like we will put some in his g string. And, and a quick civics lesson: uh, the money spending is supposed to start in the House, not the Senate. Yeah. And this Senate bill includes. Well, a couple of triggers to get rid of Donald Trump when he becomes president. If Donald Trump doesn't want to continue the funding through 25 and 26 and 27, then he could be impeached. Mm. That's what Mm. the bill includes. John Cornyn voted for that. That's right. He did. I mean, this is former state Supreme Court Justice John Cornyn, longtime Texas senator. He voted against the people of Texas. An alleged Republican. I think that's wild. Yeah. Because I, because he has sat in this studio with us and told us how dangerous the border is. Oh, I know. He looked me in the eye and with said With fentanyl and human trafficking, the drug cartels, things like that. And he couldn't fight for the Texas border. But he'll, he, he likes to say that he does. He likes to call himself a champion for, for Texas, national security, border security. Clearly not. He's much more worried about Ukraine. Because Putin is going to be, you know, he's, he's Hitler 2.0. He's going to roll through, you know. Europe. I don't know. Just seems like John Cornyn has passed his expiration date. Mm. 
Yeah. Unfortunately, you, don't, you know, you never really get any other Republicans that want to go out and challenge him for that for that seat. You know, they're viable. That's true. They don't have the they don't have deep enough pockets. There's no Democrat that that's going to be able to knock. MJ Hager is like the best, the the one that, that came closest and. I think he's going to be there for as long as he wants to be. It is uh, nine fifty-two, and uh, listen, uh, while it continues, uh, the uh, the parade of people saying that Joe Biden is smart, uh, the parade of people saying that he has no memory issues, uh, it continues. Uh, several, uh, you know, lawmakers this morning on the TVs talking about how sharp he is mm-hmm. and how vibrant, how focused he is on uh, you know doing the work of the people. Got a lot of people coming to the microphones and cameras and saying that thing. Would it be nice to see Joe Biden do that, though? It would. I mean, maybe stop saying it and just show us, right? Because we haven't seen it. I mean, going all the way back to on the campaign trail, we haven't seen it even since then. Hang on a second. The numbers show that President Biden has engaged in about 33 news conferences. Compare that to Obama's 66 and Donald Trump's 52 by this time of their presidencies. Can you explain why the president isn't doing... So, look... Yeah, and I hear the question, and I know that uh, folks want to hear it's a podcast uh, that's in- important, or um, you know, doing 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 certain things that is not the norm. Uh, obviously, the person, uh, the president, I should say, uh, takes uh, you know takes your questions uh, when he's on the road, as uh, you know, more often than not. Uh, as far as press conferences, we're going to try and uh, make sure when it's the right time for to, for those to happen. Certainly, we will we will do so, uh, but. It doesn't mean that this president does not engage uh, with with the press corps, with the White White House press corps, or uh, with other uh, reporters, uh, journalists out there who. Ha- why is it more? Well, she, it does yell at him. She sounds a little a uh, little nervous there, doesn't she? Wouldn't you be having like to it? get up and defend this every day of your hang life? On, hang on a second. Here's more. Thanks, Green. A new ABC News Ipsos poll shows that 86% of Americans think Biden is too old to serve another term. That is a higher percentage than what we found in a previous poll in September. So clearly polling shows this is a persistent issue. What is the White House strategy to try and change that perception? So look, we're going to continue to lead on leadership, right? We're going to continue to focus on what this president has been able to get done. Look, I'll quote a little bit of uh, what the first lady said, uh, I think incredibly well, just a couple days ago. Uh, President Biden does more in one hour than most people do in a day. His age with experience and expertise is an incredible asset, and he proves it every day. Yeah, and that's gonna, what we believe. Yeah, going to continue lead on the leadership, she says. Nobody believes that. And I know what the hell I'm doing. The Todd and Oz Show, weekday mornings 5 to 10 on News Radio KLBJ. Maybe you or someone you know has a serious medical condition. Maybe you're just looking for answers on why you're not feeling well. Well, we've got a great show for you on KLBJ. Hi, I'm Ron Aaron with WellMed Radio, an entertaining and detailed look at health and wellness for seniors and other adults aged 18 to 101. We bring you recommendations on how to live longer and healthier lives. Tune in to WellMed Radio Saturdays at 7 p.m. with the Caregiver SOS show immediately following right here on News Radio. KLBJ.